Father, as we stand in your presence today, we ask that you would grant grace that we may see your glory. We ask that you grant grace that we may be satisfied by your presence. In Jesus' name, amen. Within human history, no other person has foreknown, foretold, and carried out his life as Jesus Christ. It is this reality and this person, Christ, is why we gather here today to commune with one another and to give thanks to God, knowing that in the sacrificial death of Christ, the earth has been renewed, that the image of God in each of us has been exposed and revealed, the old things have passed away, and the journey for new life and new creation has begun. What a very fitting passage to read for Holy Week, John 13. Because within those sentences, within the narrative of John 13, the love of God exudes. The love of God is revealed and his expectation for us to love is clearly communicated. Love, a word that has died from a thousand qualifications in our culture today. However, scripture provides us very clear and simple examples of how to love. We see it in John 13 when Jesus washes Peter's feet. Scripture provides the requirements to love, a command given to us by God. Scriptures provide the goal of love so that others may know that we are children of God and by our living and our loving, we may incite a passion in them to love God. Scripture provides to us the root of, God, the root of love, God himself. God is love. And scripture provides us the energizer of our love, Christ and our relationship with him. No greater event in human history is more appropriate to talk about love, to reflect on love, and to celebrate the reality of love than the cross of Christ. For it is in the sacrificial death of Christ that the love of God is fully and specifically expressed to creation. So as we gather to reflect on the events of Holy Week, we must keep in mind that the salient theme throughout the life, death, and resurrection of Christ is love. John 13 begins with a very shocking scene. Picture this. Imagine this. That the God of the universe the creator of all things, kneels at your feet to wash your feet. What a far different picture from our perspective one service today where we believe that the lesser is to serve the greater. But Jesus here provides a very different example. The almighty God has descended to provide a service 
to his creation. So what then are some lessons that we may glean from this scene? That we should never grudge to descend to do a service for our brothers and sisters and our neighbors. And that we should be ready throughout the entirety of our life to wash the feet of our brothers and sisters. Maybe not literally, but to have a heart of service to any and everyone that we may encounter. And here at All Saints, in this oasis within the city, on this holy block, there are opportunities day in and day out to to serve our brothers and to and to wash the feet of our brothers. More specifically, Covenant Community, who is here to provide life stabilization support for men who come to us broken. And their staff, parishioners of all saints, through their volunteer, through their counseling, through their support, through preparing meals, wash the feet of their brothers and sisters, therefore showing the love of God. We may also infer from the scene of Christ washing Peter's feet that Christ is clearly expressed as our master when we have yielded to serve our brothers, when we have yielded to serve our sisters, when we have yielded to serve our neighbors. Another amazing thing about John 13, Jesus now sits across from a person who is to betray him, knowingly to betray him. Even in this moment, Christ yet demonstrated a divine patience and a divine love. I'm not sure about you, but I know I failed miserably at being loving and kind toward people I know who don't have my best interest at hand. I confess that. (laughs) But Christ does something different here. Knowing that one in which he has cared for and protected would betray him, yet demonstrated divine love and patience. How would you do in that situation? How do we show love, divine patience, to folks who have a different political agenda than us? To folks who have a different opinion regarding anything? Folks who we know may betray us or don't have our best interests at hand? Will we show them a divine patience and a divine love as Christ has done? And so John 13 becomes even richer now. He has, Jesus Christ has a a small conversation with uh, his disciples telling them, hey, God will glorify, you know, the work that I'm about to do on your behalf. And to don't worry because Although I'm going and you can't come with me now, 
We will be together at some point. And so after that consolation, he provides an exhortation to them. One of my favorite passages in scripture, that is to love one another. So if you are a follower of Jesus, a Christian, a child of God through faith in Christ, you are a person under authority. You are not your own anymore. You do not call the shots anymore. Jesus is more to you than your master, but he is not less than that. He comes to us with more than just commandments, but not less than that. You are a person whose life is defined by the will of another, namely Jesus. And what Jesus wills, we should want. And what he wills and commands in John 13 is that we love each other. That his followers love each other. And not just that we love each other, but that we love each other as he has loved us. The amazing thing about John 13 is that Jesus has given us a pattern here on how to love. So we don't have to guess at it. Two items I would like to point out here. The pattern that Jesus has demonstrated to us in John 13 is that we are to lay aside status and become a servant. That is how you love. Christ, who is the Son of God, the creator of all things, the God of the universe, has descended to wash the feet of his creation. Surely he could have said, you ought to wash my feet. But he did something differently. He laid aside status to become a servant. He counted others in that moment more significant than he counted himself. How often do we do that? That we count others more significantly than we do ourselves. The second reality here is that Christ has showed us that we are to do practical deeds of helpfulness here. So we know during that time, most people walk. There were no cars, and so uh, people's feet would be dirty. And so washing the feet of individuals was a very practical deed of helpfulness. Are the things that we do to show love, is it helpful? Is it practical? Or is it just solely conversations about love? One of the things I love about all things, and, uh, and again, this holy block, is that there's practical deeds of help, helpfulness everywhere, whether it be threads, providing clothes to children who need clothes. Again, whether it's covenant community, providing life stabilization support support to those who need it. 
this block provides practical deeds of helpfulness. And that is love. That is the pattern that Christ has shown and given us in this passage. And the most amazing thing about the commandment to love each other as I have loved you is that within that relationship, Christ has given us power to love. So we're not to love in our own strength because we know our flesh is weak. But because Christ loved us and we are in him, he has given us the power to love each other. To love each other as Christ has loved us. Such an amazing reality. And so as we contemplate the events of Holy Week, as we think through the life of Christ, as we think through the death of Christ, as we think through the resurrection of Christ, let us remember that the salient theme throughout is love. And that our reasonable response to that, our reasonable response to Holy Week is to love each other as Christ has loved us. Amen. Amen.